0: Hello, this is Tom Brevoort. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back, Loony Listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. This is episode 150, a milestone for us. So uh this will be a very special episode where kind of angled it a little differently, um, to celebrate the 150, but also to to kind of celebrate comics and our affiliation with with many other podcasters as well. Uh, you're with your high press conchu Ray. Hello, uh, thank you for joining, and uh, as mentioned, this is the Big 150, and uh, tonight we have a, a chat, a nice discussion with Senior Vice President of Marvel Publishing, he's also the Associate, uh, he's been an Associate Editor, as well as, he's currently the ex- an Executive Editor, uh, Tom Brevort. I'm very excited to have him on the show, and I am talking in plural. I, I tend to do that sometimes when it's just myself, but I'll also be joined in that discussion with with two great podcasters in their own right. Uh, they are fellow collective members, so you've probably heard me if you've listened to this show before, and um, we are part of a, a network of like-minded podcasts. Um, Comic character based or pop culture based, and uh, and I'll be joined um, with Seren from Atalan Rising and Inhumans podcast, as well as Phil the Drop King Phil uh, from Capes and Lunatics. So uh, very happy to have both of them on board as um, as co-hosts. And uh, we got to to speak to Tom. We had a, a really cool chat. I mean, Tom is a, a really gracious and and an awesome. Uh, awesome guy uh, he gave up his time to to talk to us. Um, you know you can only imagine the three of us we had questions aplenty plenty for him, but he um he wanted to answer them all and and he was happy to expound on a lot of the points so uh, it was a really good chat we 'll get to that a bit later on in the show. Uh, so, what do we have for this show? Well, we have the massive main event, which is the the chat with Tom Brevort, uh, but we also have some. A little bit of news and uh, and I guess some a refresher, so to speak for this show as well. so I'll get into that in our um, in our idle chat. It's to do with our segments. Um, again, for long time listeners, you would know that the segments of our show are determined by the phases of the moon um uh, and anyway just decided i've been chatting with conchu we've decided to consolidate that a little bit more so we've got a bit of a new program for the phases of the moon and we'll get to that um before anything of course i must shout out and i'd love to give them a shout out um our gracious patroonies um these these loonies have uh, decided to support the show through our Patreon page, and you can too as well if you go to patreon.com slash ITK um, So, uh, yeah, a, a big shout-out to those guys there. Thank you so much for your support. It really does help. Uh, it allows you know, allows me to, to do other things, um, to create potentially more episodes but you know, prize giveaways stuff like that, um, it really does help, so thank you so much guys uh, you guys are the best, so a big shout out to them, uh, also to a couple of our sponsors, Hello Headphones Empowering Gamers to play at their best still doing it, still doing great stuff with um, with earphones and headphones go check them out, and also Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the Superhero Superstore so a big shout out to them as well uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, really excited about this episode, um, can't wait for you guys to hear, I know we always kind of try to put things on um, for, you know, have any old excuse to, to celebrate, uh, so we had a, a nice um, episode 50, that was a great Isle with Jason Burrows, and uh, and um, a message from Max Bemis, our huge, huge episode 100 had interviews galore, it had had the... Um, introduction of our audio serial drama, the hunt for Conchu's golden scepter. That kickstarted that. They had a prize giveaway. That was so much fun to do. That was clocking in at four and a half hours. If you haven't listened to it, um, go check it out. Episode one hundred. I'm very proud of it. But episode one hundred and fifty. It's another milestone. I'm very proud of it as well. Um, and we have the legendary. My gosh, you, you don't get. You know, you don't get big wigs. Um like like Tom Brevort on the show that often so I'm um, totally blessed and uh and and again very thankful for tom's time uh he was an awesome awesome guy to chat with anyway let's move on to idle chat so what I was mentioning just previously was um we've kind of uh, I've kind of chopped and changed and consolidated the the segments of the show, so I put out a poll for the Petrunis on on the Patreon page, so they could vote as to what kind of new segments they'd look at doing. Um, a lot of this came about with, uh, I guess, with the avatars of Vengeance and Conscious Idols, i.e. the video games and the toy action figure aspects. Um, there wasn't enough to really sustain it. So What I wanted to do was to consolidate, I guess I'd call it merchandise uh, for Moon Knight. Uh, anything that isn't like comics or Moon Knight on film, I've dubbed now Conchu's Relics. And so um, let me just, I've got a little image here as well, and I'll, and I'll post it up on the um, on the Facebook group and on Twitter, uh, so you'll know now the new segments um, related to the phases of the moon. So I've changed, one of the other big changes, the Isle of Ra sessions, um, quite popular uh, segment where I get loonies or or um, people from the industry to come on and talk about their top four desert island books. The Isle of Our sessions are now going to be on a, a new moon. Um, then we have, I think these are unchanged, for the waxing crescent of the moon, we'll still have the Lunar Pick Modern Run review. And I've actually now kind of rationalized the modern and the classic. So the Modern Run review, so anything from 2000 onwards... It will be considered a modern run and anything prior to that will be the classic so the Waxing Crescent will be our modern run Lunapix um, the Conscious Relics which will be merchandise I'm, I'm excited by consolidating this so it will be uh, video games toy action figures it will be wearables like clothing as well I know the guys over at Destructor Designs are doing awesome, awesome work there, um, with many superhero based um, like jackets and hoodies and stuff. I really want to kind of tap into that. So anything merchandise wise, we'll we'll kind of cover, and that's in the first quarter moon. Uh, now also uh, in a waxing gibbous, now um, we've got something uh, I've called the other side of the moon. So the segment is. Is the other side of the moon, and it will feature Moon Knight basically in other series, like other titles, other than his own, or um, or just really brief cameos. It kind of allows me to look at more comics, I guess, and uh, and there are a lot of I think obscure appearances of Moon Knight in other titles, which we wouldn't cover, you know, because. We wouldn't typically cover because he's got like a small bit role. But I think it would be really fun to, to capture all appearances of Moon Knight. So the thing that kicked me off here was I saw there was a What If comic. And I believe, just off the top of my head, I think it's What If um, 44 or 37. I can't remember. Numbers are starting to jumble. But it is What If um, Venom Possessed Punisher. And I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, apparently, Moon Knight has a cameo or guest appearance in that. So I thought, well, where can I put that? Why not create a segment called The Other Side of the Moon? So the Waxing Gibbous, The Other Side of the Moon, will have Moon Knight's appearances in other series, um, and that just allows a bit more, a bit more flex. Um, full Moon will remain the same. It will be our segment Moon and Stars, uh, the Moon and Stars being Moon Knight on film. So... Uh, actually, what's coming up, and I'll I'll talk to that a bit later. Uh, Moon Knight appears in the, in the animated series Marvel's Spider-Man. Um, so stuff like whether Moon Knight appears in you know animated uh, series, or his upcoming TV show, or fan film, uh, we'll cover that. We've already talked to a, a few um, amateur filmmakers as well, Kanu Batera and Alex Lumen. From YouTube MCU uh, with their own Moon Knight projects, um, purely you know for, for the love of the character. No, um, you know, no, no profit was made or anything like that. Um, so that will be full moon still, the Moon and Stars. Now new, another new segment. Uh, so in the waning gibbous, now this is interesting. I've called this um, our Moon Walk, and basically uh, this will entail a. Uh, a walkthrough, or a read-through, of one of Moon Knight's comics. Um, it will basically be like an audio commentary, and what I'm hoping for, for patrunis in particular, who have access to the video, uh, it will be a page-by-page, um, a page, just going through it, and just um, not only just reading it out, but maybe commenting on and stuff. So it's, it's literally kind of like a panel-by-panel panel, um, audio commentary, which I think is pretty fun, and... Look, I've got to admit, I've lifted this off uh, the fine fellas over at the Quantum Zone, uh, the Quasar podcast at um, Capes and Lunatics. Those guys do so much much good work and a lot of fun reading through the Quasar comics, Uh, and I thought it would be fun to do with Moon Knight. But, um, yeah, uh, to maybe incorporate that with video, uh, I think, is an exciting thing to do. Uh, So uh, then I think, lastly, The Last Quarter Moon will be a will be retained over the moon which is a an arc review so we will retain that um, and i've I've got to let you know that the Petrunis did vote for I gave them about six options uh they did vote most for retaining over the moon which was an arc review um, they voted for for moonwalk and for the other side of the moon so those are those are the new newbies so to speak. And finally, uh, as mentioned a little earlier, Waning Crescent will be our lunapic Classic review. So anything before 2000, uh, anything to do with Moon Knight, generally I try to go chronological with that. So we are kind of going issue to issue for that, whereas the modern run, um, I tend to jump um, only because it's, I don't know, it's... Otherwise, you'd have to wait a long time before you could do, say, the Bendis run or, or, or um, you know, the Vengeance of the Moon Knight. So I tend to just jump um, and do some arcs uh, in the modern run. But in the classic run, definitely going chronological. So there you go, Loonies. That is an update with what is happening now post-150. I'm hoping to use this new, um, I guess, textbook for our segments um related to the phases of the moon and uh, it should yield some some pretty exciting episodes I'm hoping so uh yeah we'll have to just wait and see and see how we go right well going on to white noise um look there's not much Moon night news at all if if any the only really significant and the big thing for the industry um, as I record this which is um, like three or four days before this, this episode drops, um, is basically uh, the news that Danny O'Neill, unfortunately, passed away um, at 81. Uh, a, a huge figure in the comics industry. Uh, I'm sure he'll be sorely missed. There are many creators um, sending out their condolences. Uh, you know, I, for one, as well, have read uh, a fair few things that he's been involved in. Um, you know totally the main things i guess for were batman uh, green lantern and uh and green arrow but he also has done some moon knight as well so um surveil so, vale, so rip to denny O'Neill, um, a, a massive figure and he'll be um yeah may he rest in peace right well then loonies i think it is about time now without any further ado, as I always tend to say, uh, I'm going to throw it now to our chat with Tom Brevort. So again, I want to mention that um, I've been ably joined by two awesome people, Saren from Atalan Rising and Inhumans podcast, and Saren's a huge Spider Woman fan. Um, if you haven't heard Atalan Rising Do yourself a favour, go check them out. Um, They're really cool. Uh, I think they're reviewing the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show at the moment. Uh, They did some stuff on War of the Realms, uh, but they generally do a lot of Inhumans-related stuff, obviously. Uh, But Saren joins us. Uh, Very glad. First time I've I've been able to collaborate with Saren, so I was very excited with that. Um, And also, uh, um, Phil the Drop King, Um, from uh, Phil Disrupting Perich from from Capes and Lunatics. Uh, I've I've, uh, worked and collaborated with Phil a few times, and um, Phil has invited me as a co-host for a monthly Scarlet Spider podcast, which you've probably heard me mention. It's on the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks uh, banner, and it's uh, under the Ultimate Spidey, or Ultimate Spidercast. Um, So at the end of the month... Phil, myself, and Matt—we um, we go through the chronology of Ben Riley in comics. But yeah, it feels great. He's always great value to have. Uh, he's majorly switched on. I can't again. I can't believe how he fits everything in. He's a um, a man of industry. Uh, here uh, and he knows his comics. So it was really good to have both of them um with with me to to chat with tom and uh and speaking of tom as i mentioned senior vice president of publishing at Mar- marvel comics uh executive editor he's been an associate editor and an editor at marvel uh' been working there uh since eighty nine uh and uh he's also in nineteen ninety seven Eisner award nominated editor as well so um oh, you know he he I just can't believe that we got him on the show, but um, he was—he's such a such a grounded and, and a, a nice chap. Uh, it was it was dead easy to to have a, a yarn with him, so a lot of fun uh, indeed. So anyway, I'm going to throw it now to this chat, and uh, I hope you enjoy it um, with myself, Tom, Saren, and Phil. <coughs> Yes, loonies, this is the High Priest of Conchu, Ray, and uh, we have a very special thing happening for the 150th episode of Into the Night. Uh, I'm joined by fellow collective members Phil and Saren. How are you going, guys?
2: Hi, I'm good. Great.
1: Excellent. And Phil and Saren are um, with me to have a good old yarn with... Look, if you read comics, you will know this name. Um, we have with us... Uh, Executive Editor, as well as Senior Vice President of um, Publishing at Marvel Comics. Uh, Associate Editor, Editor, he does it all, Tom Brevoort. Tom, welcome. Uh,
0: thank you. Uh, nice to be here.
1: Excellent, excellent. And look,
0: across the divide.
1: <laughs> across the pond, you know, just a, a pretty big bloody pond if you ask me. But anyway, um, thank you very it's much. A,
0: it's a It's a whole other day where you are.
1: It is. I'm in the future. I'm still
0: in yesterday, for you people. But you're you're way out in front. Of yeah.
1: Me. Oh, you know, talk about days of future past. You know, this is it, baby. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Tom, thank you so much for your time on this on this um, seminal episode for us. 150. I can't believe we've kind of made it. Very happy. Um, so, what I thought would be great would be to have you on because number one, we know that Moon Knight has returned to Marvel Comics. Uh, he is currently in the Avengers run, which I know that you're um, your editor on as well. So I thought it'd be great to like pick your brain, not only about Moon Knight in comics and in the Avengers run, but then just kind of open it up um, with uh, comics in general. I know Phil and Sarah sure. are ch- chomping at the bits. Um, so I guess first off, look, I'm going to be very basic. First question, because I know some listeners, uh, they read comics and stuff. They don't necessarily know the roles um, associated with people within the comics other than writing and, and drawing um, as an as an editor, Tom, um, how would you describe what does that entail uh, for creating the stories and and shaping the character
0: well it, this is a question obviously that I get asked a lot, uh, and so i 've got kind of a rote answer <laughs> um, which I'm, which i 'm going to give you um, the 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 editor on a comic is sort of the equivalent. in 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 an abstract sense, uh, as of being the coach and the manager of a ball club. Which is to say, the editor doesn't go out on the field and play the game. But the editor gets to decide who does play the game. Uh, He decides what positions they play. He decides when somebody goes in and comes out. He designs when a, when a when a substitution has to be made or a move may have to be changed. A player may have to be changed for strategy reasons. Uh, he's responsible for making sure that the, the club is there to play the game in uniform, ready to go with everybody accounted for when they're supposed to be and getting them there to the next uh, uh, thing Um and and making every decision that's 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 involved in putting all of this together and so that in in a sense is what the editor does uh in in comics you know i don't write or draw avengers but i pretty much get to decide who does um and i can you know i can have an influence uh you know on on uh, you know what stories are told how those stories are told um, you know, what characters are in the Avengers at any given point, that's awesome. uh, what, what characters come out. Um, and again, I talk about this very casually, um, you know, as though I'm making all of the decisions. And that's not really the way it, it operates in, in reality. In theory, the best editors are people who are able to hire excellent creators and largely let them do what they do best. So in the in the case of Avengers right now, less less often it's me telling Jason Aaron who has to be in Avengers, so much as it is Jason telling me who he wants to bring into Avengers and where he wants to go with those characters, and me going, that sounds good, that sounds interesting, that's a problem because that character is going to be over here in some other title or whatever, um, you know, and 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 working with Jason to make those stories uh, uh, you know, as, as good as they can be. Um, so while in, in theory, in the abstract, I have infinite godlike power over these <laughs> things, in actuality, uh, this is a collaborative process, a collaborative medium, and your, your, story, your comics and your stories are only as good as the creators who are making it. Um, you know, I tell the editors up at, at Marvel... Uh, as I teach the younger uh, generation about, you know, what this job entails, um, you know, the creators are the stars. The creators are the the performers on stage who are singing and dancing and acting and 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 doing that. And the editors are the people backstage running the curtains and making sure the costume changes happen and the flats come out when they're supposed to. And you're really not supposed to even re- be aware that those guys are back there doing that. Um, it's not a it's not a job where you're supposed to be in the spotlight that's really for the the creators who are the ones actually coming up with the stories and the material and making these uh, you know great adventures that people really uh, enjoy and and uh, you know have a lasting impact on them
1: yeah no that's that's fantastic I mean sticking with the the theater analogy as well you're, you're talking about the 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 writers and the drawers are, are out there on on the stage as well when it comes to like i guess casting I'm, I'm doing the little air quotes as well uh is yep. it a bit of, is it a bit of a mix of um do you target a particular writer and or artist or do do you get like um proposals like sent to you and then you pick out them oh, this is this is interesting where, where we think this character will go or, or It tends
0: it. it tends to depend uh there's no one way um you know theoretically at any given point uh, again I can use a solid example uh, recently uh, a couple of years ago we brought back the hulk we had, we had killed bruce banner and in the avengers weekly that i that i edited we brought the hulk back and we were going to be launching a new hulk series after that um you know uh, and and uh, i was going to edit that uh, and and launch that book and i had to figure out who was going to uh, c- you know be the creative team on that title um and so in that instance i had a couple of ideas because the Hulk had been around for a while and the book had been only performing so-so, not just in the run right immediately before that, but for a couple of runs. And so I kind of sat down to collate my thoughts on what I think a Hulk book needed at that particular moment. And so I wrote up a document and I think it's been reprinted in the the, the hardcover collection of Immortal Hulk mm. that, that, that came out. Um, but that just kind of said, here's kind of the thing I'm looking for. Uh, and then there were a couple of people who expressed interest in doing the Hulk. Uh, a couple of, of of creators. Obviously, Al Ewing ended up being the person who actually did it. But in addition to Al, there were one or two other other folks who were interested. And because this was the case, I don't typically... My my style tends to typically be I know who I who I like and who I want for something and I go to them and go Hey would you be interested in writing the Hulk and if so what are your ideas Come up with a pitch and, and let's go But in this instance because these 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 people were all uh, uh you know creators of a certain stature like they were all good people in our organization uh any one of whom working on the Hulk would have been uh, a real triumph. I, you know, I went out to them and said, here's the thing I wrote up. Let me send that to you just so you've got a starting point as to what's in my head. Pitch me your Hulk thing and it'll be the best person wins. Um, and we went back and forth and, you know, people sent me in their their pitches and I responded to them all. Um, and uh, ultimately, at the end of that process, Al, Al Ewing and what Al wanted to do was the one that I felt was the the, the strongest and the most likely to work. And so I went with Al. Um, But it it very easily could have been somebody else. Um, And in fact, you know, my guess is once Al is done, you know, one of those other people that I I spoke to um, will end up writing Hulk and will end up doing some version of the very same story that was pitched to me, uh, you know, a, a few months ago. So, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very free flowing process. Um, every instance is a little bit different depending on what the circumstances are. I don't necessarily write a document like that up for everything that I, that I do. Uh, and I don't often, uh, uh, go for pitches for multiple people more often than not. I tend to have an idea as to who I think would be good. And then it kind of becomes there's there's to lose in a sense based on what their ideas are and, and, uh, you know, what they, what they hit me up with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a uh, certainly a master If any, look, I'm sure the other pictures were, were gold as well, but that Al Ewing run at the moment, Immortal Hulk is, is totally, I think smashing it out of the park. I think, I think anyone that has read it will attest to that. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, Saren, did you have something you wanted to?
2: Um, I did kind of building on um, being an editor and, and, and you, explain you explained what your, your, you know, what your role is, but is there any aspect of being a comic editor that people would find surprising that they wouldn't expect your role to be?
0: Um, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a broad enough question. Like, I don't know what people think anymore of, of what comic book editors are. <laughs> um, and, and I had a, I had a halfway decent idea as to what the job was, before I got into the field in 1989 so but I don't I don't know what the what the average person these days thinks an editor uh, does most of them I'm sure do, have no idea um, and I don't know what would necessarily be considered surprising mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm trying to think I'm, I'm really hoping to come up with a good answer here and oh. I just don't have it
1: we've got a nice curly one in there <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah
0: i know i i'm
3: sorry one thing i wanted to ask is like has the business changed like back in the day like when you started like it was was it more looser now do you have to like take more into consideration like you know which characters are going to be in a movie and tv show and does that come into your thought process more than now the decision making
0: It's, it's um yeah well there's i think you have two questions there the first of which is you know, what is the business different now than it was 30 years ago? Uh, and the answer to that is, again, in almost every way, yes. Um, although, although a lot of that is in ways that you wouldn't even necessarily be thinking about. The biggest one being that when I started, everything was still done mostly by hand on paper, on boards. And today, uh, you know, 80, 85 percent of what we do is done digitally on tablets and screens and and with files, um, and so so that alone has changed any number of aspects of how the job goes. Even stuff that's as simple as getting a page from one person to the next which in the old days even with FedEx would take you a day sometimes two days and now can happen instantaneously which means everything is a lot faster which means books can get done in a much shorter span of time but which also means that all the lead time that we used to have has evaporated because nobody needs it anymore and we're all lazy and we (laughs) we 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 burn it away um so there's that the second part of your question is you know whether there's uh, uh you know a pressure or a a, a need to you know be aware of what's going on with how these characters are being used in other media, and I think the answer to that is yes, but not in the way you're you're talking about. Um, generally speaking, nobody comes to us and says, "Hey, there's going to be a, an Avengers movie, so you got to do some Avengers stuff now, uh, or or whatnot, or make the Avengers like that." But two things tend to happen. Uh, When media projects are are announced one, everybody on earth knows about it. And that includes the people that are working on the comics. Uh, And so if there's an announcement that there's going to be a Dr. Strange movie coming out, suddenly six guys show up with their best Dr. Strange idea going, hey, maybe this is a good time to launch a new Doctor Strange series and I've got the perfect pitch for that. The second thing that tends to happen is after that Doctor Strange movie comes out, everybody has gone and seen it, including all of the people that work on the comics. And and they're as influenced by what they see and what works and what they think is cool as anybody else. Like the most... The most tangible and concrete example of that I can point to, and now it's about 20 years old, unfortunately, is before the first X-Men movie, Cerebro was a was a helmet that Professor X or Psylocke or Gene Gray or whoever would put on. And since then, Cerebro has become a big round room that people walk into on a, on a gantry and stand in the middle of, Bec- not because anybody said you got to make it look like that Cerebro in the film, but because everybody thought that was one of the coolest visuals in that original film, and began adapting that and doing their version of that when it came time to do a Cerebro scene in an X-Men comic. Um, it's it's a very it's a very symbiotic sort of relationship, but the way we view it in publishing and editorial is our job is to be at the forefront. Our job every month is to do stories that. Two, three, five, ten years from now, uh, you know, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige and all the guys there can be turning into films and TV shows and and whatnot, that it doesn't really help anybody if all we're doing is parroting what they've got going on. Um, Again, there's always going to be a cross influence that goes back and forth. The stuff they do because it has such presence and it's just it's cool to see this stuff in three dimensions with booming music and great actors and, and so forth. It can't help but make an impact on how people relate to these characters and how they uh, you know, are inspired to come up with new stories and, and depict them but it doesn't really help anybody if all we're doing is you know kind of regurgitating the same thing yeah
1: yeah th- no that's totally understandable as well. as you say very symbiotic um there's a bit of push and pull from both camps I- i'd imagine and and um in addition to kind of what you're saying as well tom i'd imagine also that um that you'd be trying to kind of draw in like if you had like a lot of comic book readers I'm assuming have come from seeing a lot of the the films. You you know you get a lot of new readers which is I'm a great one. thing. for sure. Yeah, oh, I oh. So there
2: you go. I didn't get into comics until I saw the movies. So oh, I'm one of them.
1: Okay. So there you go. Yeah, well, uh, yep. proof is in the pudding there and, and, and it works the other way as well. I guess you'd have comic book readers maybe who aren't movie goers but would, would find interest in movies. So um, totally can understand that that fine balance. Uh, Tom, also you mentioned, I just want to go back to that thing you were saying about how things have changed over 30 years or so. Mm-hmm. I'd also think uh, that... With things being so accessible now, a lot of international talent would be a lot more easier to yeah. uh, engage uh, because you have the loss of Al Ewing. Um, I was just remembered. I just remembered reading a forward of one of these comics. Oh, I can't remember. It was about um, Neil Gaiman and how he had to, you know, FedEx and post stuff and things got lost in the mail. I can imagine now it's a lot easier.
0: Oh, that is that is definitely true. Again, the fact that everything is digital and everything is done uh you know over the 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 internet and other uh you know file transfer programs and such uh you know the the very fact that we can be talking here right now and mm. you can be in tomorrow and i can be in yesterday <laughs> and and we can have this you know kind of shows how how easy it is how much smaller the world has become um you know by the time i came into in, into marvel in 89 You know, we had creators that were scattered around the the world, but not as many uh, of them and not as far away. Most of the Marvel creators uh, of that period, 89, I think would have been in in North America, if not the United States. And there'd be the occasional outlier and so forth. But but generally you were you were it was a very domestic uh, uh, talent pool. And over the years, as it's become easier to find talent and easier for that talent to work on uh, the, the, the the stuff that we're doing on our schedules and even to overcome things like language barriers and time differences um, it, it has definitely become a much smaller planet uh, in terms of, of uh, creators who want to do work for Marvel and the ease with which that's the case. Um, you know we're, we're constantly pulling uh, a talent and new creators and different voices from all around the the, the world and it is a lot easier. With you know, uh, uh, you know, websites and things where people could put up and post their artwork or their own homegrown, you know, stories and things for us to find people who you might never have encountered in real life, uh, face to face before that.
2: That kind of leads me to a question, too. So, you say like people put things on, on, um, like on websites and things. So, do you guys like go like is that how you found like Carmen Carnero or Perry Perez or, uh, Herman Peralta? Like, have you, do you like go on to those sites or art station and find them or like, how does that, how do you go about finding them? Are there particular sites or do you like put out ads? Like, how do you, how did you find like Carmen?
0: It's a, with Carmen, the honest answer is I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm not sure how uh, Carmen came to us. Um, I, you know, I know she's represented by David Macho, and David represents a number of of, of artists uh, who who work for us. So it could be that at some point he put her work in front of our eyes because he had the relationship with us and he was already representing other people that uh, we worked with. Um, we have a we have a talent management uh, group at Marvel, um, whose whose job is literally. Just that to coordinate, to uh, work with creators on their schedule and managing their careers, um, but also to be kind of the point people in terms of looking for and finding uh, new talent and new creators around the world. And those people tend to go out to a lot of conventions and things that are that are on a global scale, uh, and tend to be the place where, as people are sending in sample pages or or uh, uh, you know independently published comics or, or whatever they all kind of tend to be routed and funneled to them to separate kind of the wheat from the chaff. Uh, and then, you know, the, the the best of those kind of get shown around to the various editors uh, for when assignments are, are open. But, but yeah, I'm not, I'm honestly not certain uh, if, if uh, you know, if CB Sabolsky or Ricky Purton were here, I'm sure either one of them could tell you for sure how Carmen got in, but I, I wasn't involved in it with it. So I just don't know.
2: Just glad she is because I love her Captain Marvel run, and I haven't read Miles Morales Spider Man yet. But um, I know she's on that series now, and she's just one of my favorites. So I don't know. It's
0: it's pretty cool. it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. She's yeah. great.
1: Yeah, um, that's great. And and as you're saying, I mean, checking out this fan site, the technology bringing us all closer together. And look, one of Phil's colleagues has a conspiracy theory that. Australia doesn't exist. I'm just going to throw it out there, Tom. So if ever you get any fanfic or if you come across any work from Australians, you know, just uh, just take it with a, a grain of salt. <laughs> um, I, thought we, I thought we said you were like, scrolls over there, Ray. Oh yeah, we are scrolls. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're anything. We're anything. You can Wait, use. does
2: that mean that Tom Taylor's a scroll?
1: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I can confirm nor deny that. <laughs> um, so I'm just shifting now to uh, a bit more Moon moonlight. Um, uh, a bit more of a, you know, your work on Moon Knight and, and in general. And then we'll kind of open it up. I wanted to talk about uh, the collective and um, a lo- host of other characters that Phil and Sarah and myself and a whole lot of others we, we kind of um, dip into. But with Moon Knight, okay, so with... Um, I guess the first question, uh, and I know that uh, you were editor on the 2011 Moon Knight run with Brian Michael yep. Bendis, Alex Maleev. Um, so drawing upon that experience, um, as well as many of the other artists and creators, um, how do how do how does Marvel approach Moon Knight? Because I I, th- I think he seems to be on the periphery, but he seems to be a nice little sandbox for creators to, 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 to play in. Um, you have, you know, Warren Ellis doing an amazing run, 2014, something like that, 15. Yep. Jeff Lemire, yep. uh, it's, it, it seemed like, and I think he mentioned in articles, he was allowed to kind of, uh, he had creative license to go. Uh, similar, I think, with Brian Michael Bendis. So with, with your, I guess, editing around that 2011 era, um, how does it, yeah, how do you approach it? How much flex do you give these creators to, to play with the character?
0: Um, you know, this is a question that's, that's not specific to Moon Knight, but that's, but that kind of is applicable to any character. Um, you know, best, best idea wins, um, you know, w- w- which is to say, um, you know, if somebody has a, an idea or an approach for a story that sounds interesting, that gets people excited in the office, that, that makes people want to read it, that starts sparking ideas from other people, those tend to be ideas that uh you know, catch fire and then happen and then either you know come out and galvanize and excite the audience or don't hit quite right or they're the wrong wrong idea at the wrong moment or they're the right idea at the right moment and they're they're big and huge and wildly successful. Um you know I could talk about Moon Knight in the in the abstract, but I don't know that I could specifically say, well, with with you know Brian and, and Alex's Moon Knight we were trying to do this so so much as it was uh, you know, uh, they were interested in doing Moon Knight. Brian had this this new approach to, to to the character, which was to to play into the notion of him having multiple personalities in a different fashion. You know, kind of swapping out the Stephen Grant uh, and uh, uh, Jake Lockley uh, approach for uh, you know putting Spider Man and Wolverine and 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 Captain America in his head as a sort of uh, one man uh, Avengers that would. Uh, guide him through his various adventures and give him different levels on which he could uh, play. And then also, you know, moving him out to, to Los Angeles, giving him a new uh, area to be active in, and uh, uh, you know, trying to switch up what the what was being done with the character or what had been done with the character before while still kind of retaining the, the essential Moon knight uh, of that. Um, uh, you know, and that was... Again, a, a relatively, uh, a relatively radical uh, approach. Certainly, you know more so than uh, uh, maybe not so much Warrens because Warrens was radical in a different way. But you know Jeff's following up on Warrens is very. It feels like it, it, it's coming from the same place and then you know max's following up from from jeff also kind of feels like a continuation it's not the same story and it's not guys doing exactly the same thing but it's the same kind of a, of a thing um but 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 uh, you know brian's was was very much trying to do something different with the with the character
1: uh, look I, I think um personally as well i think all the run most of all i'm gonna say all the runs of, of moon knight from the 80s onwards they've all been Quite different, and, and I find that very, um, very knight esque. I think um, not to <laughs> say that not to say that there is a, a, a um, there's no thread that runs through it. As you say, I mean there are uh, references yeah. in in Bemis's run to Lemire's and such. But what I found, find one of the most appealing things is that he's he's uh, kind of you know, portrayed quite differently in each of the runs. Um, and so Brian Michael Bendis's run was a massive turn. Um, and, and you'd have Looney fa- we call them, sorry, we call them loonies, uh, Moon Knight fans. <laughs> right. um, a lot of them, uh, you know, had dividing opinions on, on that run and some others as well. People have a particular favourite kind of Moon Knight, I guess. Um, but what I find really refreshing is that each volume really does... Uh, shake things up, and and with the latest run in Avengers, it's not his title book for sure. It's an, an Avengers book, uh, but Jason Aaron is doing the same thing as well. We're we're getting like a cosmic level Moon Knight, which is very very cool. So I, I guess I wanted to ask, and you've you've kind of answered it anyway um, about uh, letting whatever the best idea is, and and kind of uh, guiding that idea and 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 collaborating. But uh, is there any I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm. Is there any future plans by establishing Moon Knight as a as a cosmic uh, level um, character? Because he's very different from his, you know, street level.
0: Right. Right. I, again, I think it's all going to depend upon how this plays out and how it is all received. Uh, one of the things about Marvel and the Marvel Universe, it's a very democratic place, uh, which is to say. If, if the audience responds to something and lots of people show up and go, wow, we really like that, we tend to want to do more of it. okay um, and, and, and the opposite is also true. If nobody shows up and everybody goes, ugh, that, that, that one was a stinker, um, more often than not, we'll, we'll come back and go, okay, right, it's time to rethink, is there another way to approach this thing? Um, but certainly, uh, you know, Jason's uh, version of Moon Knight uh, and the way he is played in in Avengers uh, is is almost by by necessity different because the premise of that story, uh, beyond all of the stuff that goes on, is it's Moon Knight versus the Avengers. It's it's you know Moon Knight, the one person with no powers and 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 nothing but uh, you know his his wits and his uh, belief in in his god Kanshu. Uh, You know, not just uh, wanting, but needing to take down the Avengers and to steal their powers for this greater good that he knows has to be accomplished. Uh, and seeing him him do that and watching him go through these gyrations and, and so forth, hopefully, makes the character seem particularly cool and awesome uh, in a way that people will, will respond to. That's one of the things that Jason is very, very good at doing, Uh, whether the character is, is Moon Knight or you know, Wolverine or Blade or, uh, Thor or, uh, you know, you know, pick a, pick a character that Jason has, has written. Um, he's, he's very excellent, uh, at coming up with those beats and those, those moments. Uh, and he really loves, he really has a, a great affection for Moon Knight. Um, so, so he's definitely, uh, going to give the character in this story his all, um, Javier Garone, who who came on to Avengers with this, excellent uh, his, yeah is really uh, doing a phenomenal uh, a job all the way through. Uh, he's a, he's a real keeper. Um, he's, he's terrific. Uh, and also the most positive and upbeat man in comics. Um, he doesn't just send in a page. He sends it a page and a delightful report of what he's been watching and <laughs> that's every, cool. every, everything that's going on in his life and so that's forth. Nice. And, and they're, they're lovely. He is a, he is a lovely human being. Um, and so, uh, again, hopefully this is a story that people, people uh, dig. It's, it's big and crazy and awesome and ridiculous. Uh, that first chapter that, that, that you have now seen is a pretty good indicator of how the rest of the five issues are going to play out. Uh, it just gets bigger and more bonkers and, and bananas from there. Um, but, and, and certainly, uh, Moon Knight gives a good accounting of himself.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the big takeaway for me is, um, Konchu being established as this massive force, which I really do love. Well, seemingly, I don't know, there could be, mm-hmm. you know, something down the lines as well, um. Tom, before look, I'm I'm gonna just go through a couple of questions from some loonies, um, quickly, and then I want to throw sure. it to, I want to throw it to Phil and Saren because we're gonna open it up with um some collective stuff, um. Yep. But I've got a couple of questions. Uh, again, we might be retreading a bit here, but I wanted to give a shout out to Jonathan, um, one of our loonies. He says, "Do editors consciously loosen control on less prominent characters like Moon Knight? So as we mentioned, uh, like the Beamus run, and uh, will this change with?" The the upcoming TV series. So uh, we spoke earlier about that synergy between the two. Um, how do you, yeah? How do you how do you see that with this TV series coming up?
0: Um, I don't think there's anything there's anything conscious uh, about it. You know, like that that there are quote unquote lesser characters, and so you can be more willy nilly about them. You know, people are are no less uh, anal about a Spider Man story than they are. A Moon Knight story or a 3D Man story.
1: Um, 3D Man, love it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're, yeah, that's kind of the spectrum, the the Marvel spectrum. Um, You know, if you're, if you're editing a story featuring any character, you want to try to depict that character truthfully. Um, And you know, truth is sometimes subjective, uh, and there can be different aspects or different angles to, to what is true, what is real. But things have to fit the characters that they are are about. Um, and that's kind of the guiding principle that any editor will have with the books and with the characters that they're that they're they're, uh, they're doing. If that having been said, characters that are going to be of, of greater prominence uh, may have more eyes or more people paying attention to them, uh, and therefore more people that have to be convinced of the rightness of a given story than than something else. Um, and certainly in the umbrá of something like I don't know. Um, apart from, from, from uh, Marvel Studios saying that at some point they're going to be doing something with Moon Knight, I don't believe anything has particularly been announced in terms of what or when or whatnot. I can't really speak to any of that. That's not my area. But um, you know, as, 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 uh, as that gets closer and more details become available about that, it is likely that people who are working on Moon Knight stuff are going to feel the influence of that. Not because of, of people from the inside, but simply because they're aware that people in the world are about to see a Moon Knight that's like whatever thing they're about to do in the film or, or, or on, the, uh, on, on the show. And therefore, uh, they may be influenced either to, to tack into that or to, 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 to you know play against that. And go well. They're going to do you know left, so we're going to do right. Um, you know, it 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 depends. But it's not uh, again. It's not like there's any greater uh, uh, you know tight grip on all of this stuff. Um, you know, uh, there's the same there's the same amount of grip on everything, um, and hopefully it's a it's a benevolent beneficial grip. Uh, although I'm sure there are times when that's not the case if you happen to be the person being grabbed.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I guess either um, we are very much looking forward to the show as well. But uh, as you mentioned as well, uh, the influences uh, of just being able to attain all this uh, information through the media as well will will kind of influence both parties um, in some way or another, or, or if at all, you know, even by default, as you say, they go the other way. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's a reaction yeah. to it.
0: Yeah. But again, if they if they cast. You know, for the sake of argument, if they cast Bushman tomorrow, chances are whoever's playing with with doing Moon Knight stuff is going to go. Oh, that means Bushman's going to be in the show. I should,
1: yeah,
0: I should move up my Bushman story. Yes, because because yeah. it's going to be relevant now, and people are going to be hungry for it. Um, yeah. So so there is a there is a a, a, a yin yang push pull component, but it's less it's less defined as somebody saying, hey. We're about to reveal our casting for Bushman, so you guys better get a Bushman story into the stores or anything like that.
1: No, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Um, uh, Look, just a couple more questions on Moon Knight, and then I think I'll throw it to Saren and and Phil as well, um, uh, just with some more characters. Uh, But this is another one from a fellow high priest, Rebecca, and she she asks, Tom, uh, is there any editorial input into referring to Mark's mental health and using D.I.D. and not schizophrenia? Or uh, or loony or mad. I guess um, I guess the term and and the particular use of that mental mental. Health, I guess how conscious are uh, um, is everyone. I guess in Marvel and editorial input into because it's quite an important thing for Moon Knight the the the, the mental aspect of it. But um, it has evolved over the years as well. I mean previously, yes. well actually originally it. Um, I, I Think Ralph Macchio had mentioned that he wasn't really meant to have like DID or schizophrenia. It was just him playing a role. Um, yeah, and then yeah. that kind of evolved from that, and then he got schizophrenia, and then now DID. So how does? Right. Yeah, is, is there any input in in up, updating or retconning the mental issues?
0: Um, not so much in terms of the of retconning it, but in terms of dealing with those issues. You know, you you want to make sure as a as a creator and as an editor that you're 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 doing whatever story uh properly which is to say you you know you're kind of getting your facts right uh you're representing things in a, in in a manner that actually reflects uh what people who uh you know in in the real world who deal with these uh these conditions and these situations uh uh deal with and that you're you're not you know either trivializing it or demonizing it or or, or, just you know, getting it wrong, uh, and I think hopefully, over time, uh, you know, we get we get better at that the more we know and understand it, and the more the world around us knows and understands uh, uh, these these sorts of things. Um, but anything anything like that, and it's not you know, it's not uh, uh, limited to something like the specifics of the mental illnesses that Mark Spector suffers from. But anything like that, where there may be, uh, uh, you know, a character with a particular, uh, a background element or flaw or or, or cultural uh, uh, heritage or or anything like that, you wanna you wanna try and be respectful and you wanna try and get your 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 facts straight. Uh, and represent those things, you know, properly in the context of a crazy superhero story where a guy jumps off roofs and you know <laughs> swings swings around and 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 does stuff. Um, you know, you 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 want to you want to be uh, accurate in in how you're depicting that, and we take that pretty seriously.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's great, and it's very much appreciated. I think with um, a lot of the readers as well. Um, also, just okay. Finally, then a little. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Tom. Um. Uh, so recently, we've had the likes of Chris Claremont and Peter David returning to to Marvel to do some like one shots or some stories. <clears throat> I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna just put in my two cents here. Doug Mensch and Bill Sinkevich. Is there any uh, any chance that they might uh, return for a one shot of Moon Knight or anything? <clears throat> um,
0: I think it's I, I think with Bill, it's been talked about casually a couple of times over the years. Um, It's it's never quite, nothing has ever quite happened. He's done a couple of covers, I believe, over the last few years. Um, So every once in a while, he's got such a strong association with the character. Um, I don't want to speak for for Bill. Um, I think to some degree, it's also a double-edged sword. Like, he's so associated with the character that, you know, you you kind of don't want to just go back and and be doing, you know, the cover band version of yourself. You want to have something legitimate to say or a reason to, to do that, and some real enthusiasm, you know, that said, Chris and, and Bill just did, um, I guess it was last year. It doesn't feel that long ago, but you know, we're, we're all in a, a pandemic box. Um, just did that, uh, that new new mutants project. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's the kind of you know throwback thing that, that, that you're talking about. So the idea of him and Doug doing some new moon night thing, it's not out of the question if they had the right story, and the the enthusiasm to do it and so forth. I don't want to make it sound like I'm promising anything because <laughs> I'm absolutely not. But. Um... Not for sure. But it would it would certainly be cool to see Bill do
1: that again. Oh no, that they'll be it would be fantastic. Not holding it to anything of that, but it, it's it always it puts a smile on my face. I'm sure a lot of loonies will be happy at least hearing of the potential possibility. Um, all right, Tom. Well, I'm going to open it up to to Saren and Phil now. I just wanted to give you a little introduction to them and us. So, as I mentioned, we're part of the collective and informal podcast network. We do character based and we do geek culture based um, shows. Um, Phil he does a mountain of shows he's actually phil is actually recording another show as we speak and he's here at the same time that's uh that's how prolific <laughs> phil is so phil um he does uh stuff like quite a quasar podcast quantum zone um spider-man deadpool uh retrospectives on the gray hulk uh, captain america uh, as well as just comic news Saren, um she is one of the co-hosts of a a great show, Adeland Rising*. It's an Inhumans podcast, as well as um, Saren's massive, massive. And I think, um, I think that's not overselling, is it, Saren? You're massive in. Uh, in... Uh, uh,
2: no, it's not overselling it at all. Um, <laughs> uh, in Spider Woman, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a big Spider Woman <laughs> um, fan. So they've got a couple of questions. I thought we'd open the floor out, and this being a celebration of us sure. being the collective, um, to open it past moon night. So, uh, Saren do you wanna, do you wanna? Um, I'll throw it to you.
2: Ah, uh, sure. I can go first, I guess. Um, so, because I am the massive, massive Spider Woman fan. Actually, uh, Tom, we met at C two E two this year. Okay. Um, okay. Because I had issue okay. with one of the uh, Marvel apps, and you happened to be free, and I complained about it, and you got it fixed in about five minutes. So, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> you're, you're
0: you're you're welcome. <laughs>
2: job um, job job done. Yes. Um, and also, reward away. I- Yes. yes. No, thank you for taking the time to even speak with me. I mean, you know, just everyone at Marvel is really awesome at uh, cons, and I'm I'm glad I, I you took the time to talk to me and help me out. Um, but anyway, my question is, um, so uh, we have Spider-Woman issue number one out, and it was fantastic and a whole lot of fun. So what made Marvel decide that now was the time to um, give Jessica Drew her own series again? I mean, it was you know, it's the first one since uh, Dennis Hopeless Round ended about three years ago. So, um Yeah.
0: I think uh, you know. I think Jessica Drew's a character that obviously a lot of people have a fondness for, uh, have a liking of, and that includes people you know in the Marvel offices. Um, you know, Marvel's uh, uh, VP of of sales, our, our sales guy David Gabriel, I think is a big Jessica Drew fan. As is Nick Lowe, who's the uh, Spider Man editor and and the other executive editor at Marvel. Um, and so I don't think he takes much provocation for him to be thinking about doing a new Spider-Woman uh, a series or, or project. Uh, exactly why this book at this moment, you kind of would have to ask Nick, because again, I didn't, I, I wasn't involved with, with any of it other than seeing it happen kind of from afar and ultimately reading it. Um, so so I don't know. I don't know why they, they went to Carla. I don't know how they decided, uh, oh, we'll do this new costume. Like I, I I'm... I'm going to be useless to you here, um, okay. because I because I was not uh, directly involved in in any of that, um, and there were no conversations apart from the general, "Hey, we're going to do a Spider Woman book, and it's going to come out at, at this point, and and such and such." Um, that uh, that I, at least I can recall. Um, but I'm glad you you uh, liked it, and hopefully, uh, as we start to get back to shipping books on a regular basis again you will continue to enjoy it as will many other people. And it can go for a good long time.
1: So good. It is such a good series. I don't know. I've, yeah. It's only one issue in, but it's uh what a, what a way to, to open up the series.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just like, Holy cow. Like yeah. not pulling any punches and I'm here for it. <laughs> Still here for it. Um, I don't know if Phil wants to go next. Cause I've got a whole slew of questions here, but if Phil wants to go, I can.
3: All right. I'll, I'll, I'll lay out a big one. Uh, Tom, I'm an old man like Ray. I've been reading Marvel regularly since like 1988, when I was like 10 years old. Um,
0: you're talking I, to somebody that got into the business in '89, so I, I'm so, I'm sorry. 1988 does not make you an old man. It just it just doesn't. You're you're, you're dealing with a very rarefied uh, strata here. But but I, I don't I don't mean to belittle your youth. Uh, yeah. Go go ahead and uh, ask your question
3: um yeah i just wanted to ask you well a a two-part thing like ray said one of the many things i podcast about is the marvel character quasar and i know my co hosts and i are always well the two big questions we always have are uh are there any upcoming plans for the character of quasar any of them because i know there, there have been multiple uh quasars and two i mean we're always looking for uh Someone who's either worked with or knew personally knew uh the great Mark Grunewald because we love his writing. Mm. Uh so I guess that my two questions are are there any upcoming plans for Quasar? And two, uh, do you have any uh personal stories or interactions with uh Mark Greenwald?
0: Um, I'll do you I'll do your first one first, which is to say uh yes. Um mm-hmm. and I believe the place that you would be looking would be Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So uh, I believe Al is going to be doing stuff, quasar-related stuff, uh, in in upcoming uh, uh, storylines. Um, he's got he's got plans as as uh, Al is now the master of space, uh, and that is quasars' domain. Uh, he's he's doing some stuff there. Um, oh, I
2: love Al's space. I'm sorry, I'm going to butt in. He's really good, you, isn't but- he?
0: Oh
1: god, he yeah. is.
2: I I picked up the first one. I picked up from him was Ultimates, and that just hooked me. So I am picking up Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been fantastic. So if you haven't read it, you need to.
1: Oh, and a more that... Hulk, a more Hulk, Hulk. Hulk, Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. All
2: right,
0: and then uh, then Mark. Um, yeah, I I I knew Mark, and I worked with Mark for a, a number of years. Um, not so much on on Quasar specifically, although I read Quasar all during that period. Um. You know, I work with him more on things like the Marvel Universe Handbook and, uh, you know, the Amalgam DC crossover and things like that. And Mark was up at the offices. He was the executive editor, so he would teach classes every week that I would go to uh, that were assistant editor classes, you know, which is kind of the same thing I do now, uh, but not as, as well. Um, and Mark was constantly uh, around and a, and a presence. So uh, you know the, the the question: Do you have any Mark Grunewald stories? Is such a broad question, um, because you know there's nothing but Mark Grunewald stories. <laughs> um, you know, Mark Mark uh, uh, was, and I don't say this lightly. Um, you know, there's a there's a vision people have of the Marvel bullpen, uh, and that's a vision that Stan kind of invented in the 60s and 70s as he wrote the bullpen pages and the letters pages and so forth that made it feel like, oh, it's like this crazy clubhouse where a bunch of guys are all getting together and having a good time and making comics and coming up with all this crazy stuff. And it's and you get to the real Marvel, and not that it wasn't and isn't a fun place uh, and exciting and creative, but it's not the version you have in your mind. It's not that version that Stan... Uh, uh, you know, told you about, except for Mark. Oh, Mark lived <laughs> that version of uh, his life, uh, and 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 that version of the Marvel bullpen. He was very much uh, the spirit of that Marvel bullpen all the days until his passing in in ninety six. <laughs> um, and and he embodied that not just for himself. But to everybody else, uh, you know, in 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 the building and on the on the floor, um, you know, he was always at the at the, the the head of Halloween parties and Christmas parties and get-togethers and so forth. Uh, but beyond things like that, uh, they were just the the, the 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 stunts and videos and things uh, that that he would do uh, routinely and and uh, you know, like seventy-two different. Stories are kind of fighting in my head to, to come out of my mouth my mouth now um, because Mark was just uh, a, a litany of this. Like he lived uh, uh, being a, a Marvel editor. Not that he didn't take the job seriously because he took it very, very seriously at, in, in, a, in a certain way. Somebody, one of his... Uh, friends it might have been Mike Carlin or it might have been his his wife Catherine, I forget who it was had said, and I thought it was very appropriate that Mark was very serious about being silly and very silly about being serious oh that's like, yeah, that's cool and <laughs> and that that really was was kind of his defining uh metric um you know he 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 was uh, you know devoted to the minutiae. And the architecture of the Marvel Universe, which is why he was behind the handbooks and the indexes and all the stuff that tried to quantify every piece of how everything fit together in this cosmology. And a lot of that informs, particularly in Quasar, where uh, you know he he would use the character to explore and to play with these different aspects and areas of the Marvel Universe and express his different ideas and thoughts as to how things worked or how they connected or... Uh, uh, you know how, how, how they interacted um, but he was also uh, 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 you know a ridiculous uh, figure um, who who would who would play pranks and uh, you know who would do things like uh, filling his office uh, f- floor to ceiling with uh, crumpled up uh, and and destroyed uh, returned copies of new universe books after the new universe had, had failed um, <laughs> There's a couple of you can you can probably find them on YouTube at this point now 10 or 12 years ago. I posted uh, Mark filmed everything Uh, and I had I got and I got I I got access to a couple of things that he shot uh, and I posted one or two things. It's not really a lot, um, but it's there's two or three videos, uh, one of which was a was a video that his, his wife, Catherine, made. Uh, you know, for his memorial that sort of summarizes his life visually from 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 birth to the end. Uh, there are a couple of videos of him in the Marvel offices goofing around. Um, there's stuff from his cable access show that he did with uh, Mike Carlin and Elliot Brown, Cheap Laughs. Um, and these are all, as far as I know, they're still there on YouTube unless oh. somebody's come along and taken them down. So uh, you can go and, you know, if you look up Mark Grunwald. On on YouTube, they'll probably pop up uh, somewhere. You know, I don't know if uh, right at the top, but somewhere uh, you know early on in stuff, and nothing expresses Mark better than Mark. Oh, that, that,
1: I think I think that is way better than any just one story you can give tom um just just remembering mark it, uh, phil and i at least i can't speak for Sharon, um but we are big fans of mark Greenwald. uh just yeah just just his writing the way that he, he was wanting to establish the cosmic universe um in, in marvel yeah just just brilliant stuff
3: oh yeah just just the quasar and i mean i hold any anyone's version of captain america i hold up the mark Greenwald's captain america
0: it's kind of a, uh, and I I hesitate to even bring this up or mention this, but Mark would if Mark were here he would he would want it brought up and mentioned, um, you know, uh, uh, as part of Mark's last will and testament, uh, mm-hmm. he wanted his ashes mixed in with uh, a, a Marvel comic, uh, and that was and that was the uh, Squadron Supreme trade paperback, oh,
2: uh, yeah. and I put
0: that I put that together back in ninety six oh, wow. ninety seven, um, and and. And in fact, um, they brought us, uh, you know, Mark's ashes in a plastic container that was marked uh, very, very humorously temporary container. Um, <laughs> and my my assistant at the time, who was also a close friend of Mark's, Glenn Greenberg, uh, took a took a photograph that he had of Mark and like taped it onto the outside of the box. And so it's this little like milk container sized box. Um, and so they took that to the printing plant and, you know, poured the ashes and so forth and brought the box back to me. Like they gave it back to me. Um, mm. It's still in my editorial office. It's still wow. there. It sits, you know, on, on on a corner of the desk. So in a sense, you know, there's some remnant or residue <laughs> of Mark still <laughs> uh, at least tangential to marvel and the marvel universe and and everything again it's a little creepy and weird and morbid (laughs) but the fact that it will make people uncomfortable is exactly what i think mark would find funny about it and therefore i have no problem saying it and looking like a goon and a and a a lunatic (laughs)
1: he certainly sounds like a character (laughs) um uh is there a um
2: i do have (laughs) several other questions but i'm not sure i could top that one um my, my question is kind of going back to um, your editing and Marvel hiring um, more diverse talent in recent years. Um, and currently we have like Kelly Thompson writing Deadpool and we have Becky Cloonan, um, right, uh, she had a stint on The Punisher. It, and what I'm wondering is you see, um, you know, we've had Dennis Hopeless writing Spider Woman and, you know, Robbie Thompson on Silk and, um, you know, uh, Brian Reed with Carol Danvers. Are we ever going to are we going to see more women writing men? now um in comics um is that like an opportunity because certainly um i think there's still um a gap there and work to be done
0: um i i think you're right um and but i also think there's a gap on any number of levels um you know not just male female certainly with the stuff that's going on in in this country over the last couple of weeks um you know it, it's clear that you know across all media uh more more uh, representation of creators of color would be would be a nice thing um you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, all, you know, uh, uh, LGBTQ voices, um, you know, th- there's certainly uh, a, a need for a wider and more diverse pool of, of creative talent. Um, you know, we've made a few, some good strides over the last couple of years in trying to open our doors and trying to find those, those people who have the desire to do it and the skill set to do it. Um, and I believe that that will just hopefully continue and, and and continue to grow it's something that we we work at um, by the same token uh, you don't want to cast somebody on a book just solely based on their gender their sexual identity their 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 heritage um, you know as I said earlier the the ultimate underlying philosophy of everything is best idea wins um, and so what you want to do is you want to create opportunities and find places where you can bring people into the fold where they are, uh, accessible and where they feel comfortable in, in putting forth their best ideas and competing equally amongst everybody else, uh, for those opportunities to write, you know, Deadpool or, 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 uh, uh, the Punisher or, or whomever. Um, hopefully it will continue to happen. It's something that we, we, you know, struggle with greatly, um, it's also, uh, it's not particularly when it comes to writing. Um, it's 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 a lot easier to say than it is to do. Um, in in that you need to find these people, uh, and then you need to bring them in, and 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 they need to want to, you know, work with you and want to do the things you want to you uh, you know the work on the the books that you're doing. Um, and there are certainly plenty of people out there that want to do it. But finding the ones that actually are equipped to do it is no harder uh, or no easier, rather, than it is with, you know, people just in general, your, your uh, you know, straight white uh, male dudes. Um, there are always going to be more people that want to do it than can actually do it or have the skills to, to do. Um, and at least on the art side, it's very easy. I, you know, I can look at a piece of art and instantly know that person is ready. That person is not ready. That person is great. I want that person to do a cover, a story or whatever for me. When it comes to writing, it just it just takes more time. I need to read whatever somebody has 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 written or created, and that just it just takes longer. So it's a lot uh, uh it's a lot harder to manage simply because the time investment is so much greater. Um, but yes, hope hopefully. We will consider to see more uh, more uh, women writing, you know, at Marvel and writing uh, male characters and writing female characters and writing probably some aliens and maybe a couple of dogs.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> so that sounds great.
2: Well, actually, the dog question, I'm going to usurp <laughs> Phil's time. The dog question <laughs> leads me into a second question. That's completely random. If you were to put together a hypothetical Pet Avengers team, who would the team consist mm, of? That's
1: a good question. Wow. That is a good question.
2: Um, I... I... Yeah, and I'm gonna,
0: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat out on this big time. Um, you know, if if I suddenly was uh, motivated and went, I need to put together a Pet Avengers team, I would just call Chris Olyopoulos up oh, yes. and go, Chris, <laughs> you know, we want to do Pet uh, Pet Avengers. Uh, and then probably we would talk and i imagine he would use some of the characters from the old pet avengers that he really loved and we would probably bring in new characters maybe jeff the landshark because he's there and has <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an avengers affiliation already or uh, you know whatever whatever other newer characters there might be that would be fun to play with but i would just i would just go to chris <laughs> okay
1: you're yeah, definitely more more animals um needed in, in <laughs> marvel I, I love them
2: <laughs> i like the doctor strange snakes 'Cause they're oh. funny. Oh Doctor Strange. <laughs> yep, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes.
0: And bats. Bats bats could be in the oh, in bats. the, the pet events.
2: Yeah. Devil Dinosaur and you can't have you can't not have Lockjaw or Chewy. I'm just saying. Oh
1: staple. <laughs> staple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I think the sad part of that is if you bring in Devil Dinosaur, you have to bring Lunella too. And and so she ends up just being the, the one the one uh, human. She's like the pet of the pet Avengers. The pet. <laughs> she's the
2: one human being. <laughs> Inverse. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, Lunella would be so over that so fast. It'd be kind of great.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Lunella. She's one of my favorites.
3: Uh, all right, before I get to my question, uh, yeah, Kelly Thompson is one of my favorite writers. Tom, do not let her go.
2: Read. Oh, I will read. Okay. That's Kelly got me to like Deadpool. I know I was indifferent to Deadpool. Like, he never mm-hmm. was, like, anything for me, but I, I when Kelly said she was doing Deadpool, and I was like, well, I'll read just about anything Kelly writes, and she made me like Deadpool. So there you go. I love Kelly. Oh. I'll read everything she writes. It's like she's an yeah. auto-buy for me.
0: Huh. She, very yeah. very happy to hear it. Um, you know, Kelly is great. We love Kelly.
3: Uh, oh, all right. Another old man question. Uh Tom, is there going to be uh, is there any chance of bringing back anything, either uh, Mayday Parker, Spider Girl, or Ooh. even uh, Do mid-90s, Untold Tales of Spider Man. I love that series.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I edited Untold Tales of Spider Man. Yes, I'm not sure you knew that. Maybe you did. Yes, um, I did. It was it was a long time huh. ago, um, and, and, huh. and there have been a couple of little uh, Untold Tales stories since then. When Steve Wacker was editing Spider-Man, he did a he did an annual, and there had been one or two uh, since then. I don't know that, that that book, you know, in the way we did it, will ever come back. I'm sure there'll be other stories that are set earlier in, in Spider-Man's life yes. um, and things of that nature. But I, I suspect that, you know, that particular gestalt of Kurt and Pat Oliph and, you know, weaving in and out of the Steve Ditko stories and eventually... We would have gotten to the John Romita stories. I'm not sure you'll ever quite get that again. I, um, I
3: do. I I did like that. That there was an actual timeline. Eventually, we're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, issue one takes place between you know, episode, you know, issue the original issue eight and nine, and you know. <laughs> well,
0: thank you. We we uh, we worked hard and you know put that whole thing together. I think we did two of those in, over the course of the run to make sure people could see mm. exactly where all the issues were supposed to fit and fall if they if they uh, cared about that. Um, and then uh, Spider Girl again. I edited a, a chunk of that, and then people who worked under me in my area, particularly Molly Laser, um, uh, and a number of other people, uh, edited that for a good long while. Tom Brandon at the very end, and um, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I think it's not impossible that we would see future Mayday Parker stories. Um, there have been a couple, uh, you know, during the various uh, you know, during Spider Verse and around that. Um, you know, including stuff that Tom wrote, uh, and including at least one thing that I believe uh, Ron friends uh, drew. Mm-hmm. Um, that book was was a real uh, a really unique title for the the course of its run, uh, because the 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 audience for it, like yourself, I assume, yeah, uh, were were so dedicated and so devoted to it that every time it faced the specter of cancellation they were able to turn things around and keep it alive through a, a, a an enormously successful coordinated effort, the like of which no other series in like Marvel's history has ever seen before. Uh, it was really something to, to watch. Uh, and Spider-Girl fans, the Spider-Girl fans of that era, really do set the benchmark in terms of uh, bands who were dedicated and committed and who <coughs> didn't just excuse me didn't just express their frustration at a given situation or what was going on in in the field but worked actively and positively to to uh, create a positive outcome Uh, and they did it again and again Uh, and that book ran i think 130 issues once you count between the original 100 and then 25 uh, amazing spider girls and the 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 end at the end and a couple of other things Uh, i'm sure Uh, and that's
1: I'm sure Phil's read every single one of them.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, they're downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, Tom. I I cut you off there. Yeah, read. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. anyway, um, I just wanted to say, well, maybe just, uh, Sarah, round it off with maybe just the last couple of questions from from both of you. Um,
2: um so I know, um, this is gonna kind of gonna try and wrap two kind of different questions in the one um, one at c2e2 um, S- uh, silk ongoing was announced is that still on the table?
0: Um, obviously right now uh, with the with the pandemic and and with the you know the various uh, lockdowns and things our output has been curtailed a little bit. Uh, our intention is yes to do a silk on- ongoing right now though we're not even at the point where we're publishing. Right. All of the regular books we're doing, we're not we're not publishing Captain America right this second this month, uh, and so we're going to have to slowly build back up to make sure that you know the direct market can can support and and sustain all the things we're doing before we go right. out wider. So you know, like a number of other books that we we've talked about and even announced, and in some cases solicited, is coming out that haven't yet seen the light of day, um, and hopefully they all will once you know the situation. Uh, resolves right. itself, and, and we can put them all out. Um, yes, absolutely, our intention is to do a Silk series. Um, it's just, you know, the, the, the universe has, has gotten in, a, in the way of our plans, and we're going to have to retrench until we can make sure we can actually uh, get it out and make it work.
2: Phil, um, do so you want to go? Uh,
3: Yeah, I probably just have one more question. Uh, I, won't, I won't narrow you down the one, Tom, but uh, what are, like, some of your Favorite projects that you were a part of, either as a writer or an editor? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, most of those are going to be be as an editor, uh, and it's impossible. I, again, people ask me these kinds of questions all the time, and I'm the worst at this. Um, you know, for all that I'm, re- I'm a really big fan of things that I've done. Um, you know, enough so that I got a spinner rack over in the corner here in the room oh, nice. that's filled with with copies of comics that I edited. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not so backwards looking that I'm really focused on stuff. Like, I I have worked on a lot of things over the years uh, and a lot of pretty cool things. And as soon as I, I mention one, there's suddenly 20 others that I feel like, well, that's also pretty great. And it just kind of gets unwieldy and, and difficult. Um, my Again, my pat answer, uh, and I've used some version of this for years and I've amended it, uh, a little bit in recent years <clears throat> is that my favorite thing that I worked on was the Mark Wade and Mike Waringo Fantastic Four run.
1: Ooh, yeah, uh,
0: and that in recent years has been equaled by the Dan Slott, Mike Allred Silver Surfer run. Yes, that is so a those awesome are run. that was a beautiful. That book. was an
1: amazing run. yes, <laughs> so. so
0: those are my those are my two favorites, but there are there are tons of comics that I put out that I really uh, like, uh, some of which have stood the test of time very nicely, uh, and they range all over and have a, a huge uh, uh, you know wide ranging uh, 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 you know, audience. I suspect that you know, my obituary will say editor of Civil War.
1: Oh yeah,
0: you know. Yeah. That will be the thing uh that's that that that's there because it's probably the highest profile thing either that or Winter Soldier. Um mm. but um you know, there there are so many things. I did Justice League Avengers. Uh I I did all of Brian's uh, Brian Bendis's New Avengers with a, a bevy of super great people. I did Secret Wars with Jonathan. I did uh, you know, years before that, uh, Avengers one and a half with Bruce Tim and Roger Stern. And I, you know, I, I've I've done uh, all kinds of things and just tons and tons of books. So I can give you some. I'm I'm honestly, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in hearing what your favorite thing that I've done is, or, or stuff that you liked that I was involved in, because. You know, I, I like hearing good things about me too.
1: Tom, so look, I, I just got to say, I, I did a bit of, a bit of homework before as well. I went to comic books database just to to look at your portfolio, and there's I think it's 229 pages um, of stuff that you've been involved in. So uh, I think when Phil asked you, I was thinking in my head, oh my gosh, you've got you've got a lot of work to <laughs> to uh, yeah, no, to that, select. That's on. the thing. To nail down. I was at the list today too. I mean, I
3: was just like a novel
2: in and of itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: i've been i've been doing this for thirty years thirty thirty years this year so that's a that's a that's a lot of comics
1: yeah yeah absolutely um yeah, uh, Age of Ultron as well. Was just I'm trying to think of it. And yep, Deathlock Death yep. early on, I saw. Um, yeah, you involved. Uh, Deathlock
0: with uh, Dwayne McDuffie and, and Greg Wright. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, and of
1: course, more recently, the big um, for me, the big ones were the Marvel 1000, which was a really fantastic oh, yeah. idea of bringing in all those writers and artists. Oh, um, nice. thank you very much. Fun. Yeah and and uh and savage avengers as well was another another one that happened. I, I, so yeah um sarin any any other last questions i guess before we wrap this up
2: um my i guess i'll just ask one more although i literally have like seven other questions i could probably ask you um are they are, so, they, are they
0: quick i'm i'm you know go yeah ask your seven i got no problem okay
2: go. ask, you going to go okay go. Go. um i know we have the inhumans taking a bit of a break and um just because I do love the Inhumans, uh, they're part of the, also the reason why I love comics so much. Um, any plans? I know, I know they're kind of on a break now, but do you plan on bringing them back? I think they could have tied into Empire so well, and I'm kind of sad that they're not going to have a place in Empire.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you know, sadly, Donny Cates killed so many of them.
2: I know. That, that guy is <laughs> That guy is
0: a, that guy is, a, is a menace. Is he's a ruthless. menace to life. <laughs> yeah, he's. he's um, I'm really upset I, about I, it. <laughs> I, I, you know, we've not, we've not abandoned or forgotten the Inhumans. I'm not sure where. I'm not sure exactly when, uh, but for sure we'll see them again. Probably sooner than than later, uh, because they are excellent characters, and we did spend a lot of time, not just even on the original like Cord, Jack Kirby, Stanley Royal family, but all the newer characters that uh, you know, Charles Soule and Steve McNiven, and all the guys that in a series uh, worked on.
2: I love Reader and Frank McGee. Just mm-hmm. saying, yeah, Those McGee's are my cool. two favorites. Frank McGee is awesome, and he needs to team up with Daredevil more because the two of them are great. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: you're um, you're 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 in Charles Soul's pocket right now, boys. <laughs> I, I
2: am. Yep, I am. Um, I guess my last question um, is: I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump right to this one. I know you're a comic book editor; your whole life is editing comic books. But what's currently on your pull list? Because I'm assuming you oh, do have one.
0: Good question. Um. Quite a quite a lot, um, actually. I mean, right now, not so much because there haven't been any comics coming out, right? Um, but um, you know, I'm I'm of that rare breed that when it was possible, I still went to the shop every week, every Wednesday, usually in the morning. Uh, Midtown Comics is situated between where Great my train story. comes in and and where the Marvel offices are. So in the morning, I'd walk up, go into Midtown, get my books, and 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 go. Um, you know, in terms of what that is, you know, typically I, I don't have to buy Marvel stuff. Uh, and for the most part, I don't have to buy DC stuff either that we get a, yeah. uh, we have a, we have a, we have a trade program with DC where, uh, we, we get the DC books and they get the Marvel books, you know, reading copies and so forth. Again, that hasn't really been the case for the last couple of months because we've all been on, uh, uh, uh you know, working from home and out of the office, but that typically is the thing. So I, you know, if I'm buying something that's a DC book or a Marvel book, it's because it's something I just I really want to read that second, uh, and that tends to be more the DC stuff because if I want to read a Marvel thing, I can just go up on our servers and pull the copy down and 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 and, and read it and go, oh, okay, so that's what House of X is, or that's what uh, you know is is going on in Chip Daredevil, or 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 you know yes. whatever the case may be. Yep. Yeah, character
2: is fantastic. It is yes. awesome.
0: Yeah. But um, you know, I'm still I'm still reading uh you know a good chunk of of uh, you know kind of the what I think of as my classic DC core books. Yeah, you know, I I it, it takes a it takes a hurricane to get me off of following Flash just because of my attachment to the character. So nice. I'm always reading Flash. Uh, I'm reading pretty much all of the all the Brian books, so the two Superman titles and Legion and and uh, uh, Young Justice and so forth. Uh, I'm reading Grant's Green Lantern, um, and then you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, an assortment of uh, you know Image and Independent and other people's stuff, like from from everywhere. Um, certainly, any any uh, any Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips book is a is a is a is a win. So you know their recent run on on the Revived Criminal and and uh, you know the upcoming Pulp. A uh, book uh, i'm looking forward to um you know it's an obvious it's an obvious pick but uh, it hasn't been around for uh, a while now but things like saga um oh, yes. you know i was Saga's i was so reading you know i was reading uh, you know uh, kirkman's two books walking dead and invincible oh, until yeah. they both ended oh yeah uh, <laughs> um but uh you know r- literally uh, and for the last couple of weeks i've had a like Put in an order at at, at Midtown. I've been ordering uh, online. So just for the sake of argument, I got my phone here. Uh, let me take a second and look up what the heck it was that I bought yesterday when I put my, my order in. Let's see blah, blah, blah. a little
1: window into Tom's uh, Tom's everyday life here, looking at his phone. we are privy here, to. Yep.
0: Here, here we go. My my one hundred and four dollars uh, oh. bought bought For me worth every penny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I I I bought or ordered uh, uh, Death Metal number one, uh, Flash Annual three, uh, Green Lantern four, uh, Hotel the uh, the Upshot book Hotel number two, uh, the Man Who Effed Up Time number three, uh, Resistance number two, Strange Adventures number four. With Man. the regular cover, the A cover, not the B cover. Could have had either one, but I just, I went for the A cover. Uh, the the Super Friends uh, hardcover Omnibus, because I like E. Nelson Bridwell and Ramona Freyden stories. Uh, Superman 22, uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, because uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is really great. Uh, Wind Number One and Young Justice 15. So it's a it's a pretty heavy DC week right there, actually. Uh, a little heavier DC, I think, than uh, a regular week might be. But uh, but that's it. That was yesterday's order. Uh, so so there you go.
1: Oh, nice swag. That, that is
0: pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, well, Tom. Uh, I've just got to thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for meeting the collective, um, part of the collective, Phil and Saren and myself. Thank you for coming on to Into the Night, the Moon Night podcast. It's been, yeah, really insightful and it's great to hear from, you know, behind the curtain.
0: Well, uh, I, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, uh, you know, for being interested. Thanks for being such loyal uh, uh, readers and, uh, uh, you know, following everything we do and caring and, uh, you know certainly take care of yourselves during this kind of chaotic time uh and uh, you know watch out for your health wash your hands a lot uh you know do do all the things that we should be doing to prevent the the, the spread of this thing and hopefully we come through it and we can all return to our our comic shops uh, safely and uh, peacefully
1: absolutely absolutely and and stay safe as well tom um and and for listeners out there all you've got to do Pick up a Marvel book, uh, open up up the front cover. That's probably where you can find Tom. (laughs) His name's there somewhere. Um, So, no, a huge thanks again, Tom. And, uh, yeah, uh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Hey there, everyone. I'd like to tell
3: you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet. Hey there! Do you like comic books? Do you like superhero TV and movies? Well, come on over and check out the Capes and Lunatics podcast. We have such shows as Capes and Lunatics and Super Connectivity, where we cover everything new and current and popular in the world of superheroes. And we also have episode-by-episode reviews of the Marvel Netflix shows and a monthly discussion of everything current on the DC Comics character Nightwing and a few other surprises all the time. So come join us for the Capes and Lunatics podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 150. It's a celebration for the collective, the part of the network that ITK are part of, as well as comics in general. Uh, it, it's great. wanted to really, as mentioned in the chat, um, expand on this show and, and just try to encapsulate everything you know, broadly as well. Um, it was so it was so good to have uh, to have Phil and Sarah in there with the chat um, with me, and and again, so much fun to to chat with Tom. Um, yeah, so I guess if you do want to catch more of Phil. Um, by all means, check out Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks. Now, the best way to contact them, and I'll put everything on the show notes, so don't you worry, uh, is to check out their link tree. It has all uh, links to all their stuff. So if you go to linktr.ee slash Capes and Lunatics, uh, you should be able to find that website, which will take you to a variety of things um, and to find all their shows. As we mentioned, all the Quasar, the Deadpool, Spider-Man, um, Scarlet Spider stuff so uh, top stuff and uh, a big thank you to Phil once again um, with with Saren a huge thank you to Saren for, for jumping on uh, as I mentioned the first time really got to collaborate with Saren but I have been um, listening to Adelan Rising I, I know that um, she's a gun <laughs> with, with podcasting and that she loves her, her comics uh, so it was really great to have Saren on uh, if you want to Uh, Talk to Saren um, about Spider-Woman on Twitter. The best way to catch her is uh, just check up Spider-Woman daily or her tag is at uh, Spider-Woman daily. So Spider-Woman without the A daily. Um, So go check it out. Again, there'll be a link in the show notes for you. Alternatively, if you want to check out more, of Rising, the podcast. Again, uh, on Twitter, the handle is at AtalanRising1. Go check it out. Saren and and Lynn do fantastic work with that. It's it's really a great listen. Um, And the best way to contact them is through Twitter. So a huge thank you to both. that's uh, yeah. It's it's just amazing to to have you guys on board. Uh, I wanted to also. This is our spectacle. A bit of a shout out. I wanted to also shout out a couple of loonies, just with uh, some loonies that have been active in the group and I've been interacting with, and I think they're pretty pretty cool. So a loony shout out to to William Malikuski. He's from Instagram. Um, all I'll tell you, William is driving by moonlight. Um, William's a, a very keen. Looney, a recent Looney as well and and william i hope you're reaching up to episode 100 i'm hoping you can listen to this one soon um a big shout out to you buddy uh but anyway he's um yeah he's uh awake in, in very strange hours um where he's from i think you're from the east coast in the u.s uh but always glad to have a chat with you william so yeah keep me coming um and i, and I love um he sent me a, a photo of Stan Lee and the Grumpy Cat. I thought that was just excellent. Um, also, another loony shout outs to Giovanni, Brian, Dustin, John, Josh, Alex, Brian with a Y, Darren, Phil, Raymond, Daryl, and Robert. Uh, for posting stuff in the group, um, just either their collections, um, some news articles, their thoughts, and and uh, and even art commissions, uh, and sharing it in the ITK community. As as mentioned in previous episodes, as as Tommy mentioned in last episode, uh, what really I think is a great thing that's been formed from this podcast is um, is a great community on Facebook. Uh, and just, just Looney fans just sharing with each other. So, a big shout out to you. Thank you very much. Uh, it, it, again, Loonies keep it coming. It's great to see it. It's great to hear your thoughts. Um, moving on to, I've retagged this. I'm, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before. Nightlines. Uh, I ripped that off uh, again, another comic. It used to be Mooney Missives, which was again, I think from the Lemire run, uh, with regards to feedback. And um, look, not much feedback uh in many of the platforms I did get one from YouTube again a big shout out to Chris Kelly aka cmk72 beep boop beep boop boop uh chris's uh is awesome and i hope chris you uh, i hope you appreciated I, I got in that question to tom uh, just snuck that in there about Bill Sinkevich and uh, and Doug Mensch. I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, Chris mentions uh, this is to do with episode one forty nine. He says, "Great episode, great insights on this divisive issue," um, and we were we were talking about Avengers thirty three. It was our kind of formal review. Chris goes on and says, I'll admit I myself was a little shocked by the events that went down, but after hearing you guys discuss it, I am now totally on board. I agree. This really opens up the possibilities for the character. So excited to see what comes next in the series and what happens to Moon Knight down the line as a result of all of this. Uh, Thank you so much, Chris, for your feedback. Uh, It's it's good to hear that you're you're on board. Um, By no means did I, I want to... Sway anyone against you know what they really wanted or what they really thought as well, I mean um, we know that there are some loonies that uh, are not too keen on the non street level mooney. Uh, moon knight Uh, others love this this fresh take of the cosmic um but you know and and each each opinion is is well respected and understand uh totally but uh no great to hear that you um you're kind of on board for this ride i mean it's an avengers title isn't it as as tom mentioned it's going to be bold and wacky and and uh over the top and bombastic so um Got to have Moon Knight kind of, kind of charged up and souped up to, uh, to Conchu level power. But thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for that. Well, that ends Looney's our one fiftieth episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's it's so much fun doing this sort of stuff and getting uh, being able to talk to. You know people in the industry such as tom brevort is is uh it makes it so much fun for me and and i'm hoping um it's a fun listen as well for you guys for everyone out there um so a huge thank you for all your support um yeah um, let's let 's go for another hundred fifty yeah um next phase for episode one five one it will be a waxing crescent. And with these new segments and everything kind of refreshed and upgraded, it is the lunapic Modern Run Review. And uh, what I think I'd do, I mean, we did cover the Brian Michael Bendis run, 1-7 to seven so far. I'm just thinking I might jump back to Volume 5, Moon Knight Volume 5, uh, continue that. So the next arc after the bottom, uh, it's Issue 7, it's by Houston, uh, Charlie Houston and David Finch. That should be fun to get back into it. I, I believe also uh, Miko Suyan, um, he guest um, draws some of these issues as well, which I can't wait. Uh, I think, oh gosh, off the top of my head, I think this is, um, is it called Midnight Sun? It, it has Midnight, Jeff Wilde in it. So we get a darker Charlie Houston version and David Finch version of of Midnight. Uh, it should be a ripper. I can't wait to get stuck into that. I'll see. Um, I'm going to tap the shoulders of of some of the loonies see if uh, some will be keen to join me there. Um, that has to be uh, that will be confirmed. Also, I want to let you know as well, loonies, before I go that uh, so this episode drops um, drops on the seventeenth of June for for Petunies and the eighteenth for um, for the the official standard release uh, this coming weekend. Uh, or over the weekend or monday i believe it's june 22nd um i'm hoping to i'll be uh sitting down with Orion or Opie, from we are Mar- uh we are venomaniacs and uh we're going to be doing a review of uh, the uh, marvel's spider-man uh season 3 episode 3 um web of venom episode and and uh as some of you learners will know that features our boy in white, Moon Knight. So that should be fun. I'll uh, I'll post some details there for, for anyone who's keen to, I don't know, to tune in to We Are Venomaniacs. If you don't, tune in already, um, and hopefully I'll be there. Um, I'll be representing the, the loony faction, and um, I'll be reviewing and uh, critiquing the episode from a Moon Knight perspective. So that should be a lot of fun. Keep your eyes out. And ease out for that. Um, later on, I'm sure there's a full moon coming as well. What I'm do, what I am hoping, because uh, also around this time, I think on the 23rd of June, um, I've got uh, just a reminder. There's a watch party um i've set that up there's an event just check it out if you are in the facebook group community or if you have access to the facebook page check it out um there's going to be a watch party we're hoping to watch as hoping to get as many loonies we can um and we're going to do a watch of um of that episode season three episode three of Marvel's spider-man it should be fun Uh, and what i'm hoping to do is maybe incorporating that commentary into a Uh, into an audio commentary for for one of our later episodes once the full moon hits. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Check out the details on our Facebook pages and groups. Uh, So finally, I guess, uh, as I round out to this 150, um, typically, please check out our Patreon. If if you haven't already, patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight. You too can be a Patroni. And be privy to a lot of uh, incentives, so um, I'm hoping to um, to make it definitely worth your while. even even a dollar will get you a nice monthly digest um, that comes out, um, where you get to know what, what what's in store for the upcoming month. Uh, you get a lot of news about the show. Uh, check it out. Plus, uh, you'll you'll get a shout out and. Um, uh, yeah and and other tiers will grant you i guess a co producer or executive producer credit uh you'll get you 'll be privy to to video releases um all that sort of stuff so uh it's um again a huge thank you to everyone involved or supporting us already a huge thank you to all who are listening to us that 's great um, but please consider patreon um, and see if we can expand the show as mentioned also sponsored by hello headphones if you use the code i t k moonlight you'll get 10% off their online store. And a big shout-out to Dreamland Dreamland Comics. Um, those guys are, are awesome over there, Rich. Uh, if you use the code MOON, uh, you will get a huge 20% off any of your purchases from Dreamland Comics. So, well worth it uh, as as always, as well, we're an affiliate member with uh, Entertainment Earth, so if you need to get your Moon Knight action figures, please purchase it using the links uh, in our in our show, and uh, any purchase helps to support the show. We get a little bit our way. Uh, and finally, as mentioned, and what this this episode was all about, we are part of the collective... Uh, look, I'm going to read out all of these collective shows here in... Full on, you guys should just... You, know, you shouldn't. I shouldn't tell you what you should do, but please check them out. They're great. Um, so, as mentioned, Atalan Rising and a Humans podcast, Capes and Lunatics, a whole swathe of shows within there, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Quasar, all that. Um, the Collected Edition um, by Paul Matthew Carr, fantastic show. EMP, Earth's Mightiest podcast. I Am Your Target Demographic, Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. Hosted by Connor and some other dude, I don't know. Um, there's also the Namor podcast. Um, I'm hoping those guys come back. Uh, Nexus of All Realities, a Man Thing podcast, again by Paul Matthew Carr. Signal of Doom, good mate there, Dave Finn doing still great work with Natasha. Sons of the Dragon and Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Uh, then Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, TV Podcast Industries, Uncanny Nerdverse, We Are Venomaniacs, a Venom podcast, We Have a Hulk, and Weird Science, uh, DC and Marvel podcasts. Um, go check out any of them if you are enjoying what you're hearing now, or if you've enjoyed hearing Phil um, and or Seren in today's, tonight's episode. Finally, you can drop us a line. Always happy to hear from people like William on Instagram. I'm very receptive to to comments and stuff. I, I love to to um, chat about about Moon Knight. Look, I'm I'm a huge fan as well. Um, I just love to share share the love. So you can email us on itkmoonlight at gmail com. Uh, We're us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. Uh, we've got a couple of websites on Libsyn and WordPress. Um, as mentioned in on Patreon as well and on Podchaser, so uh, I found that actually quite useful. I've been working from home still, and um, just linking it up to my stereo, it's easier to to um, to listen to podcasts via the the browser. So Podchaser is a good one. Um, please consider it. All right, loonies, well, that rounds it out. Look, I just, it's almost as if I just don't want this episode to end. I hope you didn't, I enjoyed it. hope you enjoyed the chat we had with, with Tom Brevort. Again, a huge thanks to Tom. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just great. I'm um, still spinning. Anyway, <laughs> um, all the best, loonies. Stay safe, and as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later.